your Bibles today, I'm going to ask you to grab them and go with me to the Word of the Lord. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter number 38 this morning. Isaiah chapter number 38. I want to share with you from the Word of the Lord this morning uh, what God has put on my heart. If the Lord would help me for a few moments, I'd like to minister on this thought today uh, in the house of the Lord. And that is the turn that turned it around. The turn that turned it around. I do believe with all of my heart this morning that there is about to be a turnaround take place, not just in this nation, but around the globe because that God is still in control this morning. Aren't you thankful for that today? But let us go to the word of the Lord. We find in chapter number 38 of the book of Isaiah, beginning in verse number one, it says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Somebody say praise the Lord this morning. I am so thankful today that the word of the Lord is still true, and it is still established forever. And this morning, I cannot overstate to you as men and women of God this morning the power of prayer. We are in a place right now where God is desiring to hear the voice of his people. Proverbs 15 and 8 tells us the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. You also read in chapter number 15, verse number 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Notice, not only does he take delight in our prayers, but he opens his ears to them. And it is in the story of Hezekiah this morning that we see the results of one who makes the decision to pray. In a time of sickness and uncertainty, and even after hearing the pronouncement of death and receiving instructions to get his house in order, he refused to be silent, and he cried unto his God. It appeared in the natural realm that it was already over. Everything had already been put in place. Everything had already been decided. But there was no use, it seemed, to petition anyone for anything other than what was already pronounced. But in that moment of time, we find that Hezekiah, he turned his face towards the wall. He did not understand what that decision was really going to make in the scope of things, but we find in Scripture this morning that because of him turning his face to the wall, it began a turnaround for him and the city in which he lived. We find today that God could not help himself, and he began to take delight in what he heard. 
You may ask, what did he hear this morning? He heard the voice of one of his own that began to cry out to him and began to know that he was totally dependent upon him. And when he began to hear uh, the voice of one of his own, it impacted him in such a manner while he was sitting in the portals of heaven that he turned his prophet around and said, go back to Hezekiah and tell him, I have heard his prayer, but he didn't stop there. He also said, I have saw your tears. And therefore, he then made a proclamation that changed everything. He said, tell him, I'm going to add 15 years to his life, and by the way, I am going to deliver him and the city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And then he said, I will defend it. Meaning this, not only am I going to deliver it, but I am going to set up camp around about it and nothing is going to come near and harm it. This morning, as I look at that story, it begins to resonate deep in my spirit this morning. Just like Hezekiah, there is a deliverance, I believe, that's coming and there is a defense that is arising and the church is about to enter into a season of rejoicing. Uh, Matthew 21, 13 reminds us uh, that his house shall be called a house of prayer. Paul also reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Can I tell you this morning, we are in a place right now where we have to make decisions on many different levels. But the greatest decision that's before the church this morning... Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is the decision to be a house of prayer. It is very clear how important it is for you and I to be men and women of prayer. And I know that in recent years, uh, we have seen many uh, leave some of the key principles of the faith, believing the lies of the enemy and been led astray, thinking they were no longer necessary. But please hear this preacher this morning. The Bible shows us the absolute necessity of prayer. We know according to 2 Chronicles 7, 12 through 14, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Notice, he says, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Can I tell you this morning, our land as well as the lands of many other nations is in need of a great healing today. Prayer is not an option, but it is a mandate for all believers. Isaiah 56 and 7, we see again where the word of the Lord says that even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Notice he said, and my house shall be called a house of prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 tells us we are to pray 
without ceasing. While 1 Timothy 2, chapter 8 tells us, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Can I tell you the scripture continues to teach us that we are to pray in faith in Hebrews 11 and 6. James 1, 6 through 8 tells us we are to pray without wavering. Uh, 1 John 5, 14 through 16 instructs us to pray according to God's will. Our story today, however, is not an isolated event, but there is others all throughout Scripture that saw the power of God's deliverance and His defense when they assembled in prayer. The early church shows us exactly what happens uh, when men and women come together in prayer. We find in Acts chapter 2, 42 and 43, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Uh, can I tell you this morning that what I sense in my spirit uh, is that there is about to be a season of wonders and signs uh, come back to the body of Christ uh, because of the turn that's taking place by men and women. Uh, there are stories around us today that is heartbreaking and devastating. Uh, this current pandemic that we find ourselves in is getting ever so closer to home. Uh, friends of ours are now battling for their life with it. Uh, we find that those that we know in the counties surrounding us uh, are being overwhelmed by it. Uh, men and women that I know personally are losing their lives because of this current situation. Uh, but I can stand here this morning uh, full of expectancy, full of hope, and full of strength uh, because I know that there is a turn uh, that can turn it around. Uh, and that is when men and women of God uh, began to fall back down on their knees in prayer and began to call out to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, we find in Acts chapter 12, the story of Peter uh, was been kept in prison. You are familiar with this story. Uh, we find that throughout this chapter uh, that the angel of the Lord came in and smote him on the side and told him to get up. Uh, and the reason for it uh, was there was a deliverance that was coming. And it says when he come to himself, when he was out in the gate, uh, uh, past the gate and into the street of the city, he then went to the house where the church was gathered uh, and has been praying all night. Uh, and notice, uh, we today have an understanding that the power of prayer uh, is still the source uh, of our strength in this season. Uh, can I tell you today it is a time for you and I as men and women of God uh, to not just sit and twiddle our thumbs so to speak uh, just because we can't assemble in this house together uh, but it is time for us to be the church beyond the four walls of our buildings uh, and begin to be men and women that are moved with passion uh, and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God uh, we find that in Philippians 4 6 through 7 uh, says be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and then it says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds uh, through Christ Jesus. Uh, can I tell you this morning, as you're there in your home, uh, you don't have to be anxious. Uh, you don't have to be full of fear and worry. Uh, but this morning, you can stand uh, and you can rejoice uh, because that the Lord knows exactly what you have need of this morning. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we are instructed uh, that we are not to be careful for 
anything uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Listen, my friend, uh, we are in a season where I believe God is calling us back to a place of prayer. I don't have a big message for you this morning uh, other than to tell you uh, that if we will humble ourselves and pray uh, that God is about to bring a release and a turnaround and a reversal uh, and the message of the gospel is getting ready to go forth across the nations of the world uh, in a renewed fashion uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God in a greater manner uh, than we have probably ever known in our lifetime. Uh, Men and women today, uh, I understand, are overwhelmed. Uh, They are exhausted by uncertainty. Uh, And we say, well, we've never been here before. Uh, But I have to remind you today, that is not a true statement. Uh, Just a little over a hundred years ago, uh, the world found itself in a situation much like we have today. Uh, It was in 1918. Uh, Most of you remember it probably if you read your history book called uh, The Spanish Influenza or The Spanish Flu. Uh, It was from 1918 to 1919. Uh, 500 million individuals across the globe uh, uh, contracted this virus. Uh, We know that 50 million of them lost their life. In America alone, during that time period, uh, 675,000 Americans lost their life. Uh, It is a virus that we now know as H1N1. Uh, But in that moment in history, uh, much of the activity uh, ceased like it is today. Uh, Stores were closed. Schools were shuttered. Uh, Churches closed down uh, because uh, of the rapid spread of this virus. Uh, Men and women. Uh, understood uh, that something had to change. Uh, In other words, they realized there had to be a turnaround. Uh, So what did the church do in 1918 and 1919? Uh, I began to look at history uh, and I began to do some research and I found uh, one of the main leaders, the Christian Evangel. It was a a publication that was put out by the Assemblies of God during that time. Uh, We find uh, that they began to write and they began to chronicle uh, some of the things that was taking place and this is what they had to say uh, just a little over a hundred years ago Jesus said uh, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and those uh, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places all these are the beginning of sorrows all mature Bible students at this time believe that we are indeed in the beginning of sorrows and as we have heard one recently state uh, the worst is yet to come but the saints of God need have no fear they can look up to heaven and rejoice in the certain knowledge that their redemption draws nigh notice this was a little over a hundred years ago it doesn't stop there but notice this here in Springfield that's where the publication was published from says all churches and missions etc including the assemblies of God are closed because of the scourge of this Spanish influenza that is raging in our town. The way to our loving Father's heart, however, and the way to His hearing ear are still open. And we are finding it a splendid opportunity to devote additional time to prayer for our missionaries and for the soldier boys and for rain 
all over the world in this, the time of the latter rain. Where assemblies are closed, let the saints devote that time that they would spend at meeting to the word and to prayer. He whose ears are ever open to the prayers of the secret closet will, before long, bring the open reward. Can I tell you this morning, I stand by that statement that was written a little over a hundred years ago. Because I believe that if the church will go back to the closet and begin to pray in secret, uh, that there is just a short pause before we experience uh, a reward in the open. What is that reward, you might ask, preacher, this morning? Uh, it is a reward of a fresh, renewing power of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, it is the reward of a fresh anointing that's going to come to the house of God, uh, where men and women are going to operate under the unction of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, it is is the reward of the prodigal sons coming back to the house of the father. Uh, it is the one that's went wayward that comes back to a place uh, of rightful position and they begin to be used by the power and the anointing of God for such a time as this. Uh, what is the reward this morning, Pastor? Uh, it is the reward of a renewing uh, in the midst of the, in the darkness uh, of the glorious light of the gospel. Uh, can I remind you in 1904, uh, 1905, Air. William Seymour uh, stood up under the power and the anointing of God uh, on the west coast uh, and at the same time on the east coast Charles Bortman uh, stood up under the power and the anointing of God uh, and he had they had this to say uh, the Lord told them and they delivered the message uh, and the message was in about a hundred years from now uh, there will be a move of God uh, that pales into comparison anything that we've ever heard or saw uh, can I tell you, we are in that window of opportunity right now. Uh, but somebody's got to make a decision uh, to make a turn. Uh, Hezekiah, uh, he heard all of the negative. Uh, he had got the bad report. Uh, everything around him looked like it was over. Uh, but because he was willing to turn and face the wall uh, and begin to cry out to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, uh, the prophetic voice of that hour had to turn around. Uh, and he had to come back and change the declaration, uh, change the heart of God. Uh, and God said, I'm going to give you life. Uh, but not only am I going to give you life, uh, but I'm going to give you deliverance. Uh, but not only am I going to give you deliverance, but I'm also going to defend your city. Uh, can I tell you, there are those that would love to see our nation crumble and fall. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, there is a defense in the spiritual realm that's coming. Uh, I believe that the greatest days of this nation is still before us. Uh, it's not because of political parties. Uh, it's not because of men's wisdom, uh, but it is because there is a remnant of the body of Christ uh, that is turning towards the wall in this season. Uh, and I want to come to tell you this morning uh, that God is about to turn it around. Uh, I know I'm preaching to an empty building this morning, uh, but I still feel the anointing of God this morning. Uh, right where you are in your home, you hear this preacher. Uh, don't you quit praying. Uh, don't you back up. Uh, don't you give in. Uh, but there is a turnaround that's coming. Uh, you may have not heard the proclamation yet, uh, but listen. Uh, listen to the voice of God this morning. Uh, God is telling you uh, it's not death. Uh, it's not over, uh, but there is life and liberty and freedom that's coming. Uh, somebody ought to give him a shout of praise right there in your home uh, because this could be the very thing uh, that brings your children back, uh, that brings your grandchildren back. Uh, listen. Uh, the 
the turn that turned it around uh, is still turning it around today. Uh, it is when a man begins to humble himself and pray, uh, God begins to reach uh, down and begin to take ownership uh, for his children. Uh, this morning, uh, right where you are, uh, you may have anxiety, you may have fear, uh, you may have uncertainty, uh, but let me remind you, you have a God uh, that is still sitting on the throne of heaven. Uh, nothing has moved him. Uh, Nothing has belittled him, but he is still all authority, all power. He is still the beginning and he's still the end. And he's still delivering those that will call on his name. So right where you are this morning, I encourage you to get away from that spirit of fear. Get away from that anxiousness and anxiety. You say, how do I do that, preacher? By turning to face the wall and saying, God, I surrender everything that I am, everything Thing that I ever will be to you uh, and watch him begin to turn it around. Uh, listen uh, the rebuilding of a nation always comes uh, when somebody's willing to weep, uh, when somebody's willing to mourn, uh, and when somebody's willing to fast and pray uh, so this preacher's just calling you, uh, whoever's watching this today, uh, to come to a place of prayer uh, and know that God is still in control this morning I ask you, are you willing to be the one that makes the decision to turn it around? Hezekiah, in the midst of his weakness, in the midst of his sickness, in the midst of all of his uncertainty, and even the proclamation of death, he made the decision to turn one more time. Can I tell you this morning, the church in America and across the globe needs to make the decision to turn one more time. Turn our face back towards him, the one that is the giver of life, the one that has been so faithful, the one that has been so kind, the one that has been so loving in our lives. Father, forgive us this morning for being distracted. Father, forgive us this morning for being duped by the enemy. Forgive us this morning God for failing to turn our face towards the wall in times of prayer like we should. This morning I'm going to ask you where you're at to just join me for a time of prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And Lord, I just take a moment right now and I pause. And I pray to everyone that's on the other side of that lens or that will watch this program, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will touch their heart in such a way that they will turn and they will find themselves in prayer. Lord, for the one that may be dealing with sickness today, I just pray the prayer of healing over them. The one that's dealing with fear and anxiousness and anxiety today, I just pray a release over them. The ones that have wayward children or those that have never experienced salvation, we pray for them today as well. Father, we know that you're still moving. We know that you're still saving, delivering, and setting free. But Father, we also know this, that you're still defending. And Father, I thank you for the, the defense that's rising. I thank you for the hand of protection that's over your body of people and over the nations of the world. Lord, I pray today 
Lord, that you would continue to lead us and guide us in this season. I pray that you would continue to direct our paths in this season. Lord, I pray that while we're not able to assemble together physically, that by the Holy Spirit of God we would come together in unity by and through your Spirit in such a way that we would begin to turn the world upside down in this generation. Father, today I pray. I pray for wisdom. I pray for knowledge and understanding to be granted to your people as they continue to call out to you in this season. And Lord, today we ask you, as a corporate body of believers this morning, from all over the globe, all over the nation, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for failing to be what you've called us to be. But Lord, today we ask that you would give us a fresh opportunity to be your hands and feet in this season. So Lord, I pray for every family. I pray for every individual. And I just pray a hedge of protection over them and their households today. And Lord, as we continue to follow after you, we pray that you would continue to lead and guide. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I pray this morning that over the last few moments that you've heard the heart of God. I pray this morning that you would make the decision along with myself that we would make the decision turn and face him so that he is then released to turn it around our greatest days are still ahead if we come back to the place of prayer so God bless you today I pray that you'll be blessed this week I know you're kind of confined to where you are not able to move about but in this in this moment of time take advantage of the opportunity that's given to spend time along in the Word and to spend time along in prayer. And be that one that is instrumental in bringing the change in this hour and this season. May the Lord bless you, may keep you, may shine brightly upon you, give you blessed peace in this season. We love you, so does God, and we will see you soon. God bless.